0: But right now, I want to welcome a regular guest of Epiphany, Bishop Robert Grues. Bishop, how are you today?
1: I'm doing very well, thank you. It's great to be uh, with you today.
0: Always a pleasure talking with you. So let's talk about holy hours for vocations. Um, we've been doing this all year long in the different dioceses, especially around Metro Detroit. So tell us what's going on in the Diocese of Saginaw in terms of holy hour for vocations.
1: Well, once you know, so we began this Eucharistic revival, right? And then it's really the first phase of it, the first year of it is is kind of pertaining to the diocese in general. And yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, when we come to a deeper understanding of the Eucharist, um it you know, it leads to um to it leads to the heart of Jesus, um, first of all, but um but from there it leads a man who um in many ways to um, open his heart to you know, c- contemplate a, a call to a priestly vocation or a woman to open her heart to um, you know, a, a vocation and a consecrated life so there's a, there's a connection between the Eucharist and, and vocations um, and I've known many um, priests for example who have uh, you know, they've attributed their vocation as coming out of spending the time in adoration with the Lord Jesus and so it's not only about just going to Mass and deepening this relationship with him, you know, through the reception of his body and blood, soul and divinity in the Eucharist, but it naturally flows um, into um, a vocation, um, into priesthood or consecrated life. And so that's kind of how this all began in the Diocese of Saginaw. You know, obviously, many dioceses around the country are challenged, um, you know, in regards to uh, vocations, um, and so, and and you know, uh, <laughs> the the Daisy that is is one of them, and, and that you know, this, if we get on our knees and beg the Master of the Harvest, you know, to send her to send us, um, you know, to to, to send us uh, men and women who become active ministers in in, in, in the harvest, um, you know, the Lord will provide. But it's it's about asking the Lord for what we want and what we need, and I mean, obviously, He knows it, but. Uh, You know, I think part of it is You know, is is placing it Before the Lord Jesus um, As we adore him in the Blessed Sacrament
0: So what do these holy hours In the Diocese of Saginaw Bishop entail?
1: Well, so um, what I've decided To do um, over these next three years And I think this this is in some way similar to my predecessor, Bishop Stone, he used to have holy hours Vocations in parishes um, On a regular basis, but I've Made a commitment to um, you know, to so go to two parishes a month, and so so we'll have an of ador- a holy hour, of adoration of the Lord Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. Um, it, it's from seven to eight o'clock in the evening, um, and um, the pastor um, um, hopefully is an, is inviting their people to, to come and pray for vocations because you know in the end it's uh, you know the vocations come from holy families, right? families mm-hmm. who have you know the Lord Jesus front and center in their lives and, and the Eucharist is a part of that so um, it's, it's it's bringing it's bringing people together as a body of Christ um, um, with our prayers um, you know seeking the Lord increase the harvest here so it's been a, it's been a great experience so far I've done I think three so far I have won tonight I'm out in Bad Axe um, so if there are people in Bad Axe listening <laughs> um, yeah yeah um, um, invite them to come out, but it's um, we've been we've had a good response. I was in a parish a couple weeks ago, um, out in out in the thumb, and we had over eighty people there. You know, wow! imagine in a small church, eighty people coming to adore the Lord Jesus
0: in mm-hmm. the Blessed
1: Sacrament is beautiful.
0: And praying for vocations, um, and you know how important Bishop. It's really a discernment process. How important is it that we all discern? what God is calling us to do, whether it be a, a vocational life and religious life or in another direction. How important is that discernment process, sitting with the Lord in adoration, important in terms of our own journey?
1: Well, it's very important. I think, you know, if, uh, if, if our deepest desire of, of any disciple of Jesus, any Christian, is to do the will of God, right? I mean, that's how I discovered my vocation to the priesthood, because I desire deep and within my own, own heart to do the will of God, you know, love with my life, whatever that was, and you know, to be honest, I was uh, I was um, very close to getting engaged at that time, but mm. when somehow the, the Lord—that's a whole other story. But you know, the Lord kept he kept uh, you know um, nudging me or maybe nagging me <laughs> about a yeah. I couldn't get it out of yeah. my head, and so finally, I had to submit to it, and I, you know. Yeah. But, um, But it came from this active relationship with the Lord Jesus. It came from really seeking and wanting to know the will of God um, for my life. And if it was marriage, that's great. If it was priesthood, that's great. I just wanted to do what he was had called me to, what he had created me um, to do with my life. And I think all of us are called to a vocation of some kind. And at the heart of it is is living this life in a particular way of life, Um, marriage, single life, Priesthood, consecrated life, um, in the in the heart of Jesus, but it's it's seeking that out, and then, because that's what leads us to holiness, right? Our yeah. vocation that the Lord has created us um, um, for is what leads us to um, a life of holiness and the, you know the kingdom of Jesus. So it's um it's it's very mm-hmm. important that we come to know and and how do we discover that other than we we come before the Lord Jesus in prayer. And ask the, the important question. I mean, it's a risky question because it might not, we may not get the answer we want, but, um, mm-hmm. but, but if, if our heart is free to seek his will, then it doesn't matter what the answer is. And we want to do it because, because I believe with my whole heart that the Lord knows what will, what will make me the most happiest, most fulfilled person in life that I can possibly be. And that's why discovering our vocation um, is so important.
0: You know, and how many of us can relate to the the experience of trying to ignore God's call? Like, we know something is really on our heart, and God's calling us, but we're saying, no, God. I mean, I've heard that over and over again, not not just in priestly vocations, just in life. People are like, I felt God telling me to do this, but I'm like, no way, I can't do that. And, um, and that's why adoration and meditation and discernment is so important, because in that silence, we hear the Lord's voice aloudest.
1: Well, it is. I mean, the Lord speaks to us in the quiet of our hearts. And so, yeah. you know, we live in a, we live in a, a noisy world, don't we? And, yeah. Um, and, and often say we don't, you know, people are afraid of silence. They so think about it, um, and I talk about this frequently. So, you know, what do people do? The first thing they get up in the morning is turn the radio or the television on. And they get ready for work or whatever it is, and they get in their car and the radio's on. And they go to work, and there's all this activity and noise around them, and, they leave the office and go home, the radio's on, they get home, the TV's on, they watch TV all night or whatever. And so their whole lives are are surrounded by noise. And um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's really hard to hear you know, the quiet voice uh, of the Lord in the midst of the busyness and the noisiness of our day. And so it really requires um, spending time in silence with the Lord Jesus because that's where he speaks to our hearts and we, and, and we, we come to a deeper awareness you know, in the mystery of God, in the mystery of the Lord's love for us, that somehow in some way we're able to discern, we're able to hear um, in our hearts what the Lord desires of us. and It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful, but it, it comes out of this desire for a relationship with Jesus. And that's why I think yeah. spending time in, um, in front of the Blessed Sacrament and spending time in adoration um, is, is where we come to experience the depth of his love Um, but it's also where we come to experience the quiet voice, his quiet voice uh, speaking to our own hearts.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, and I I love that, you know, um, my daughter having attended Catholic school was uh, exposed to adoration at a young age. Um, And speaking of Catholic school, school has started and the, the value of a Catholic school education. So I understand there's a new initiative for Catholic schools in the Diocese of Saginaw. Tell us what's going on there.
1: So it started about a year ago. you know my goal is not to close schools, <laughs> but is to yeah. like, keep them open and um until so we started this initiative about a year ago to to help bring our, our Catholic schools to some level of sustainability obviously all of our schools we have thirteen schools you know three high schools and ten um grade schools if you will in the diocese mm-hmm. and and you know financially some are you know um some are more stable than others, um, but many are suffering. Mm-hmm. And and um, and they don't have the resources, and they don't have not just financial resources, but they don't have the expertise, if you will, and, and, and mm-hmm. the personnel resources to really, you know, um, to provide, you know, to help make them sustainable themselves. And so we've taken up on this initiative, and, um, you know, to, to find a way, we've... Um, had a study done and we've hired a company to, I can't think of the name of the company um, at the moment, but to help us look at all of this and help us to provide a plan uh, forward um, to help our, our Catholic schools become more sustainable. And so um, it's, it's come to, uh, like in our um, the Office of Catholic Education, we've hired somebody that's focused on curriculum um, and um uh, you know as as well as um, another another role or another um, position was focused on marketing to, to help us market our schools better to help increase enrollment um, all of this process will also will help us begin to look at the Catholicity of our schools and and so on and so forth and you know through all of these efforts it is my hope and prayer and goal is to uh, you know help us all of our Catholic schools um Become what the Lord desires for them. Um, it's going to be a lot of work, and um, but there's been a very positive uh, um, response to this. Um, you know, so when I tell people my focus really my two important initiatives are the you know the Eucharist and the Eucharistic Bible, three years, and but also our Catholic schools. And so it's been very positive, and we're moving forward with it. And certainly the principals are very happy for the assistance that the diocese can provide for them, and. Um so I'm not saying we're recreating the schools, but we're we're trying to create a new environment that helps them um you know to, you know to um not just succeed but to thrive and um the mm-hmm. schools who the schools which thrive they're very Catholic, and they also that they thrive because they have good enrollment, and so we need to yeah. kind of get there mhm so there's I'm great value about yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: Well,
1: there's great value in a Catholic great, education. Great value in a Catholic education, and um, um, not only the faith value, but the personal human growth value, as well, and that, that you don't often find in some of our um, public schools. And so, it's, um, it's a the Catholic education is a beautiful thing. I mean, I had been, went to Catholic schools through the eighth grade, and um, I, I can't imagine. I, I'm, sometimes I wonder would I be where I am today um, if I would have went through a public school my whole life. Perhaps because the Lord desires this, um, but I, I think it's uh, the Catholic schools have helped create my experience in Catholic schools has, has helped to create the you know the person I am uh, today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a product of K through 12 Catholic school. And, you know, along with my parents, but um, they plant the seeds, you know, and you remember these things. And watching my daughter go through Catholic school, um, like you said, it's not just a religious value uh, aspect that there's value, but even the way they discipline, the way they structure things, um, the respect issue. I mean, there's public schools you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. Um, right. You know, the freedom to practice your faith and say something as simple as Merry Christmas, Um I had friends in public schools and their children were reprimanded for wishing everybody a Merry Christmas during Christmas break, saying it was offensive to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, there's such great value. And even the way a lot of the Catholic schools discipline their kids and using the virtues as a way to discipline and teaching them about the saints and teaching about the holy uh, days of obligation and adoration and uh, grounding themselves on Christ and learning to solve their problems and deal with their stresses by leaning on their faith in God, which you don't get in a public school.
1: Right. You don't get that in a public school. And so once they graduate, um, you know, our, our people who graduate from Catholic schools, hopefully they stay connected to their faith once they go off to college. But, you know, I have to say if they're not in a Catholic school, um, if they, you know, there's it's less likely um, for um, our young people to stay connected to the church and the Catholic faith, um, and so it, it brings great value. And, and I just want to also take a chance to applaud our teachers in our Catholic schools because yeah, you know they they make a lot less money than they would in public schools, but um, but it's part of they see it as a part of their mission, a part of their ministry, um, and it's, it's a, a part of their faith journey. You know to remain, you know they'll sacrifice. Um, many things by, by working in, in, in a Catholic school but it, it's all worth it um, because they help create this environment um, this Catholic environment mm-hmm. and it's important for their faith and it's important for them to be able through their work and their ministry you know, to pass it on to the students um, that the Lord has entrusted to them and so you know, I, I applaud the many teachers in our Catholic schools who, who, have made, who make the sacrifice year after year when they could be leaving and making a lot more money, um, in a public school system, but they don't yeah. have, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to live their faith and talk about their faith and pass on their faith, um, in that environment. And I think in many ways that's why they, you know, they, and they're happy. You know, they don't have the discipline problems as, as we had talked about, um, in the Catholic schools that they would perhaps, you in know, in, in a public school setting in many of our mm-hmm. public schools. So I applaud their sacrifices and, um, and, and their faith, um, you know, to you know, for to continue living this ministry, yeah. what it is and invite them into.
0: You know, I agree with that too. Bishop Grues uh, is who we're talking to here on Epiphany. I remember back in high school, I had asked one of my uh, teachers why he was such a great teacher. And I asked him, I said, "Why do you teach here when you make a lot less money?" This is in high school, and he said, "Because I'm actually teaching kids who want to learn." and i don't have to deal with the discipline issues and i've got kids who respect me as a teacher and and that you know that's what he 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 gave up money for the the environment the culture you know what i mean um the same values yeah. and it speaks a lot about his character
1: right it does and it speaks to you know in the sense of what what someone's willing to sacrifice you know to to be able to live in a good working environment because that's you know, you can't put a price on
0: that. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you can't. You can't. And you're you can't. making a difference in so many lives. I mean, he made a difference in my life. I remember him 30-some years ago, you know what I mean, uh, and what a fabulous teacher he was and how much how much he cared about what we were learning and if we understood the concepts. Um, and yeah. he, he actually supplemented his income uh, in the summertime. You know, a lot of the teachers that I knew in high school would supplement their income with summer jobs um, you know, and getting summer jobs. So they do what they do what they can uh to make it work for their families. Um, Bishop, in terms of if people can't make the holy hours that you're doing, um, in Saginaw that specific church, you know, do you recommend they do the holy hours at the same time, maybe at another adoration chapel or something?
1: I recommend they do a holy hour anytime they can, <laughs> and, yeah. and with a focus on with the focus of, of on vocations and asking the Lord to provide the diocese with more um, men and women um, in, in, in you know in, in, in a vocation um, to preach a consecrated life. You know, it's, I've also invited people. You know, during this this whole Eucharistic revival, um, and I, I've encouraged people, especially if it's like in one area of the diocese. You know, to travel with me to these different places and so it becomes a little pilgrimage you know a, you know a pilgrimage for vocations um as we as you know for, and, and, and to be a part of these holy hours in the different churches and um so then you know again the lord rewards our sacrifices right and so if people make the sacrifice to kind of pilgrimage around the diocese with me and then pray and coming together to pray for vocations, I really do believe the Lord is going to bless that and anoint those um, sacrifices in a very in a very big way. But the people have a hard time um, being able to attend the Holy Hour um, in my presence, I know many parishes um, offer adoration throughout the week, and so I, I just uh, would encourage them to make it a point um you know, to uh, attend that and allow that focus of that holy hour in their own parish to be um for vocation, so I think vocation work is is it's not um the work of the bishop it's not the work of the vocation director um all of us the members of the body of christ are responsible for the care and mission of the church, and so that it means mm-hmm. um you know you know vocations come from holy families and they come from you know, families who are alive in their faith and, and, um, so it's, um, it, but it's important for all of us to become what I might call like a voc- vocation re- recruiting, <laughs> if you will, is a responsibility of all of us. It's not the priest. It's all of us. Yeah. Encouraging, um, um men, um, men to seek, uh, think about the priesthood and women to think about consecrated life.
0: With that said, if there if we know somebody in our life who we believe that we're seeing a calling in them, would it be appropriate for us to even ask Kay, hey, have you considered the priesthood or have you considered um entering a, a religious order? I mean would that be appropriate if we notice something in someone?
1: It, it's not only appropriate, I think it's imperative. Okay. It comes out of our own it's all comes out of our own baptismal call, right? Um, to go out yeah. and evangelize the world, and this is one way to evangelize. If we see the quality and character traits that we would uh, that we would see in a young person, you know, that, that there's nothing, there's nothing. I mean, I think it's imperative. I think in some ways, maybe this is a little bit too um, too, too strong, but, I, I, but I'm going to say it anyways because <laughs> I think we have an obligation to yeah. ask that person. If they've ever can thought about the priesthood or thought about mm. religious life, and because it's just to tell them I see in you these things, and this is why mm-hmm. I think you would be a good priest or you would be a good um, sister or a priest in religious life or, or whatever it might be, and so it's, mm-hmm. it's and then and then you know I, I can't convince somebody to become a priest. Only God can do that, right? Yeah. And so, but yeah. but, but we are responsible. All of us are responsible for planting seeds. We plant the seeds, mm-hmm. the Lord makes them grow. And that's mm-hmm. how the harvest happens. And, and so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that it's imperative and I think it's, we have an obligation, you know, to encourage young people. I mean, if we're serious about vocations, you know, so the problem is, you know, there, in, my, in my mind there are no shortage of vocations to the priesthood or religiously. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that people have not been asked. God is calling many, many people who have not yet responded. Or not listening, Mm. and sometimes, sometimes our encouragement kind of opens opens the door a little bit to to begin to think. Oh, wow! They see something in me, and you know, and and it also it might also confirm what a person might be thinking. You know, I've had many priests tell me. I mean, I was a vocation director for a number of years, and I heard many stories from you know the priests, you know, the vocation stories, and they would say. You know, it's because it was because of one invitation. You know,
0: yeah. Someone
1: invited yeah. me to think about it. Yeah. You know, they didn't yeah. tell me to do it. They, inv- they invited me to think about it. And it was. there was that yeah. invitation to think about it. That was really it made all
0: the difference. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. God may be using you as that instrument to plant that seed in somebody else. You know what I mean? To confirm for yeah. them what God is calling them to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the, wonderful.
1: No, we can, we, can, we can never underestimate the power of an invitation.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Bishop Robert Grusas, who we're talking to here on Epiphany uh, from the Diocese of Saginaw, Bishop, what else do you want to share with our listeners before we let you go?
1: Well, I just, you know, during this, uh, well, my encouragement, I guess, to everybody is during this time of the Eucharistic revival, um, that um, it's, it's a blessed time for us in the Church today, if we take it seriously. Um I, I was told in the seminary if, if I was really if I was really um, serious about um, about the, the Eucharist in my life and the Mass, I would I would read one book a year on the Eucharist.
0: Mm.
1: Right, one mm-hmm. one book a year, and there's many short books out there, so there's no excuses. But I, but I would just encourage for all of us to take this time seriously because in doing so, we will deepen our own understanding of the Eucharist and the power that that Jesus gives. To what would He gives to us? Um, every time we uh, attend the mass and but also it will deepen our own Eucharistic adoration toward him, so um we take it seriously, our lives will never be the same they will be transformed and so um I just in, invite you know all of our listeners to we we have this powerful moment in the church today, and it it would be it would be of us you know to really to take it seriously and and personally um, in our own lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Bishop, can you leave us with leave us out with a little prayer?
1: be happy to. Heavenly Father, we give you glory and praise, and we honor you. We love you. We adore you, and we thank you for all that you've given to us um, through your Son Jesus in our lives. May your Spirit, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, be poured out upon us anew and draws us deeper into this mystery of love. Um, for, all, for all of our lives. So we pray this uh, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Almighty God Amen. bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Bishop Robert Cruz thank you so much for joining us here in Epiphany.
1: You're most welcome. My pleasure to be with you today.
0: Uh, God bless you. All that you're doing, Holy Hours in the Diocese of Saginaw and a new initiative for Catholic schools in Saginaw. Bishop Robert Cruz joining us here on Epiphany sharing that story with us.